Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The royal family stands with Ukraine as Queen Elizabeth postpones her diplomatic reception and recovers from COVID. In the stand we take here, we are in solidarity with all those who are resisting brutal aggression. Duchess Kate ready for baby number four as Harry and Meghan are recognized at the NAACP Awards. I also echo the immense gratitude for tonight, both for this award and to this community for welcoming me with uh, so warmly. And royal expert Jonathan Sacerdoti reveals if Prince Charles is ready and looking forward to becoming king. I think probably Prince Charles is looking forward to being the king, but of course you also have to remember that when that day comes, it will mean that he's lost his mother. We've got that plus so much more on today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to royally us i'm christina that's christine and we've got a full full show of a lot of royal news as always christine how are you i'm doing really well i think we had some really good news this week i think it's all mostly positive upbeat stories which is a bit of a relief (laughs) a bit of a relief but we'll get into it in just a second but first we wanted to check in to see what you guys had to say about last week's show so ixa says harry wants to be able to have security that is allowed to have weapons and have access to intel he offered to pay for it the royal family is being petty i feel like we've been talking about this for a weeks on end about whether or not the royal family can really step in, if this is more a metropolitan police issue or if it's a bit of uh, both, I guess we won't really know. I know. I think it is interesting. You know, the UK's um, gun control laws are really, really strict. Mm -hmm. So they are really particular about who can carry, who can, you know, work as armed security. So I think that that's kind of coming into play here as well with their, you know, question about um, being allowed to have weapons. So Mm -hmm. only time will tell. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Only time will tell. All right. Daniel says, as it relates to Prince Charles's charity, it should be noted that although he founded it, he's not involved in its day to day. So it's plausible that he didn't doesn't know every single detail that is plausible we don't know <laughs> right again there's so much speculation and right. we really don't know how involved the royals are um in in these programs that they set up but we know that they're passionate about it you know definitely and then amanda says perhaps queen elizabeth won't step down because she has zero confidence in prince charles to be king i 
don't know about that because she has made a vow and she said it several times that she will serve her, uh, serve her, the monarchy till the day that she passes away. I think that that's definitely why she's still serving as the sovereign. You know, Prince Charles has been working towards this role for literally his entire life. He is a grown man. I'm sure he will be a fantastic king when his time comes. Yes, when his time comes. All right, well, let's get into our royal roundup. And obviously, everybody has been talking about the crisis that is going on in Ukraine right now. And the royals are no different. They have been speaking out um, on Twitter. Prince William and Duchess Kate wrote in October 2020, we had the privilege to meet President Zelensky and the First Lady to learn of their hope and optimism for Ukraine's future. Today, we stand with the president and all of Ukraine's people as they bravely fight for that future. Um, Their statement came just one day after Prince Harry and Meghan released their own statement. They said, we stand with the people of Ukraine. Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, and all of us at Archwell stand with the people of Ukraine against this breach of international and humanitarian law and encourage the global community and its leaders to do the same. Um, Just this week, Prince Charles also spoke out condemning the actions in Ukraine. So take a look at this. What we saw in the terrible tragedy in South End was an attack on democracy, on an open society, on freedom itself. We are seeing those same values under attack today in Ukraine in the most unconscionable way. So are we surprised that um, the royal family is speaking out, issuing statements about this war since they don't usually get political? But, you know, obviously this is a crisis, a, a humanitarian crisis. Right. And that really is where the line is drawn is the the royal family needs to remain impartial mm-hmm. um, to continue during the, doing their work, just in the role that they take up. They have to be seen as impartial. However, there's definitely not even a fine line. There's a very recognizable line between what is political and what's a human rights issue, you know, what is an issue for, um, you know, breaking the, what did uh, Harry and Meghan said, international humanitarian law. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just such a serious situation. Um, And I really think it's wonderful that I I think it sent such a clear message. These that William and Kate, Harry and Meghan and Charles all spoke out, Mm -hmm. making it very clear that they are seeing this as a humanitarian issue. This is not a political, a political issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And now our hearts break for everybody in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, as this situation continues to unfold and it's it's heartbreaking, it really is. It is so heartbreaking, but I do love to see everyone coming together and speaking out in support of um, the the people in Ukraine. And and I hope that these statements from um, Prince Charles and William and Kate will go towards encouraging the Home Office to um, make some kinder decisions towards Ukrainian refugees. Because I know that that's a conversation right now. And I wonder if they're making these supportive statements, not in a political way, but to kind of sway the diplomatic conversation. Yeah, well, hopefully that happens. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears a little. I mean, kind of speaking about that, the Queen did have to postpone um, a diplomatic reception that was initially scheduled to take place on March March 2nd at Windsor Castle. So she was going to meet with other members of the royal family set to welcome over 500 members of the diplomatic corps for an annual meeting. So she did decide to postpone that. Yes. And in light of the situation, it's interesting. Um, I don't know that anyone is really familiar with exactly who is part of this diplomatic corps, but it is lots and lots of international figureheads in high places. It would be, um, 
a very, uh, it could be a very dangerous event with a lot of security concerns given the international state of affairs. So it was definitely smart of them to postpone it. Although we were, I was devastated to see it postponed again because it's one of the most glamorous nights of the year. Right. Yeah. And, and this has nothing to do with uh, her COVID diagnosis. It seems like the queen is back on her feet and doing well. She actually, it's being reported that she spent some time with Prince William, Duchess Kate, and their three children at Windsor Castle. She appeared in two virtual meetings on. Tuesday of this week. So it seems like she's getting back on her feet and doing well. Yeah, I know. It's so good to to see that she is, you know, getting back into things. I think anyone who's had COVID and been hit quite hard from it knows that it takes a little while to really get back on your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad to see that she's feeling better and that she's able to, you know, do do some of the things that she really enjoys. Yes, definitely. And spending time with her great grandkids is definitely, I'm sure, one of those things. So <laughs> definitely, I was so happy that the queen uh, recovered from COVID and is doing well. Um, let's talk about Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan because they had a, um, a glam night out at uh, the 53rd annual NAACP Image Awards. They were honored with the President's Award and gave a speech. So take a quick look at this. I think it's safe to say that I come from a very different background than my incredible wife. Yet our lives were brought together for a reason. We share a commitment to a life of service, a responsibility to confront injustice, and a belief that the most often overlooked are the most important to listen to. And I couldn't be prouder that we're doing this work together. So yeah, I mean, Megan rocking the blue, looking great. <laughs> that was such a bold, such a beautiful flowing dress. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't miss her on the stage with that beautiful bright color. I loved it. I loved it too. And they, and you know, they had a lot to say in their speech as well, right? Yeah. So they, they said that, you know, they had, you know, sort of fate brought them together for a reason. And they sort of spoke to the work that they're trying to do and how they, you know, the causes that they really believe in the work that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was such a, I'm sure it was a very moving night for them. And you could tell it was important because uh, Megan's mother, Doria, accompanied mm-hmm. them. And I think that that was just must have been so special. Doria has been there for most of Megan's major life events, if not all of them. Um, so you know that this was a really special event for them. Oh, definitely. I wonder who was on babysitting duty that night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the two little ones. Right. Uh, well, Duchess Kate and Prince William are going on tour. This sounds like a tour I would love to go on right now. The palace announced that the future king and queen will head to the Caribbean this month on behalf of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. So they're visiting the Bahamas, Jamaica, a bunch of different places in the Caribbean. So it sounds like it's going to be um, quite the quite the tour. Yeah, I'm so excited for this. They're going to um, the Bahamas, Jamaica and Belize, which are all Commonwealth um, nations. Uh, and I love these tours because these tropical tours tend to be a little bit more casual, a little bit more fun. We tend to see some dancing, some really beautiful cultural displays from the country. So I am so excited for this, especially after the long winter we've had. I feel like it's going to feel like such a breath of fresh air, but I am so envious. I could really use a trip. <laughs> I well, <laughs> Seriously, I really could. And I know that Charles and Camilla have um, a, a trip to Ireland, I believe, on the books as well. So it seems like the royal tours are getting back in full swing. I think Kate and William are in Wales uh, right now as well. So it's every. Yeah. We're getting back and back to business. <laughs> it feels so good to see them out and about, especially now that we're back to sort of walkabouts, public engagements. There's a little bit less protocols 
rules for COVID in place because people are starting to feel a little bit safer, a little bit healthier. Um, it just feels so good to see yeah. them all out again. It really does. It really does. Well, speaking of them being out and about, it was a family affair at Twickenham Stadium in London when William and Kate brought along Prince George to watch a rugby match. I always love uh, a Prince George sighting. I love this. He's <laughs> so cute. This must be such so special for him to be able to go with his parents. I'm sure he'll remember these these events for a long time. Um, he is apparently a big rugby fan. It, they must be a big sports household because there doesn't seem to be a lot of sports that they're not really passionate about. Right. Um, I think we will see him pretty often. I mean, if he, if he's enjoying it, I think it's such a great place uh, opportunity for them to go as a family, but he did look, I think this is two for two where his team has lost as oh. a game he's going to. So we know <laughs> to, um, the England football final where England lost and then mm-hmm. now he's been to the Wales England match and Wales lost. And um, so hopefully next time his team fares better. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. And she said that he's a big rugby fan. He's uh, been tackling her and uh, his siblings throughout the house. So it seems like he's yeah. getting his practice in. She, also, she said that um, Louis is really into it and he loves the kit and he walks around with a referee whistle. I'm just imagining my three-year-old running around with a whistle and <laughs> I don't know that I'd be as enthusiastic. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty and in random royal news of the week, um, Snoop Dogg is talking about his unlikely relationship with Queen Elizabeth. So during an interview with DJ Who Kid, he detailed the time the Queen prevented him from getting kicked out of England back in 1994 as he faced first and second degree murder charges. He explained that the United the residents of the United Kingdom wanted him out and they were going as far to ask officials to ban him. Well, he said the Queen said this man has done nothing in our country. He can come when the queen speak bow down. That's Harry and William's grandmother. You dig, you think, you think they weren't there saying, grandma, please let him in grandma. He's okay. We love his music. You know, Harry, I'll let him in for you. He's not so bad after all. And he's quite cute. The queen, that's my gal who knew that they would have such an unlikely friendship. (laughs) What a great story. I just think this is wonderful because really everyone has something nice to say about the queen. Everyone has their own story you know, connecting with her, even Snoop Dogg. Um, so I just, every time I read this, I just had to laugh and I want to go back and listen to the audio. I've only read the transcript, but I imagine the audio of Snoop Dogg speaking, um, is delightful. I can't. Yes. I, I've only read the transcript as well. And it's absolutely fantastic. But Snoop Dogg has spoken out before saying that Harry and William are fans of his music. So maybe they did have a little bit of a say in this. Who knows? I can't imagine. I mean, I, I bet they did. I can see teenage boys being really (laughs) encouraging of that. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the Royal rules and to help us do that is our friend and Royal expert, Jonathan Sacerdoti. Take a look. How do you foresee Charles and William kind of working together to change the monarchy when Charles eventually does become king? Well, I always say that that's another, uh, let's say, good or, or nice feature of the idea of having this hereditary principle, this succession that's passed down by birth. On the one hand, it's very anachronistic and it seems out of place in the 21st century when we put meritocracy at the center of most uh, most roles in life, You know that anyone can get them if they work hard enough and are lucky enough. That's not the case with a hereditary royal family at the top of the country, let's say. So, 
one of the good things, on the other hand, is exactly that, that you see a bit of forward planning through the generations. So when you do have three generations, as we do now, who are all adults, well into adulthood, we have the queen, who is the monarch, and then we have her son, who's already in his 70s. And then we have his son, uh, who you know is already, let's say, in middle age. These three people can even plan together, or their offices can plan together, how the institution might change, might progress over the course of time. Um, obviously, each one will want to do their own thing and their monarch and to, to do it in their own style. Uh, but I think that there is discussion within the royal family over how these changes and how the steps forward into more modern attitudes might be, might be taken. Um, so a certain amount has been done during the Queen's reign, in fact, quite a lot, considering how long it's been. Mm -hmm. And then Prince Charles will no doubt uh, step forward a little bit more into modernity, maybe slim down the royal family more, as he said he might want to. And then Prince William the same, when it's his turn, will have his own modern approach to it as well. Mm -hmm. So I do think they talk about it. And I think each one will will push a little bit more in that direction to try and keep it current. Yeah. Um, do you think Charles is looking forward to becoming king? It's interesting because in that big interview, the, the famous Meghan and Harry interview, Harry said something quite interesting, which is that it's like the Truman Show, that, that movie, and that the family is stuck in this performative role for the whole nation, in fact, the whole world, the media, and that he saw it as, as a bad thing, that he felt they were trapped. And I think he hinted that his father and his brother were also trapped in that world. Uh, maybe they didn't even know it, like in the Truman Show. Um, he didn't realize he was trapped in that kind of performance. So I think that that's an interesting insight because it's not often that members of the royal family do talk that way, even if they maybe sometimes feel it. Mm -hmm. And that's because it might seem ungrateful or coming from their position of enormous privilege, it might not seem like the right thing to say. But I'm sure that in private, there are downsides that they think of to the role. They certainly don't have the same sort of privacy that the rest of us have. I mean, we were just discussing the Queen's health. That ordinary, regular, everyday people don't find their health as scrutinized as the Queen must. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, there are great advantages as well to the role. So I think probably Prince Charles is looking forward to being the King. But of course, you also have to remember that when that day comes, it will mean that he's lost his mother. And just as the Queen spoke about losing her father as being quite a sad and, and somber moment, and that's how she marks the actual day of the accession every year in, in private and in quite a quiet way, because it's also the anniversary of the death of her father. So too, I think Prince Charles will have a, a bittersweet mm -hmm. outlook on how that will go when it's his turn to be king, because his mother is no longer with us in this world. Right, makes sense. Um, that's... Do you think he'll change the monarchy compared to how, you know, Queen Elizabeth has sort of held the seat of sovereign? I do think that Prince Charles will change things. I think that every monarch makes some changes. And I think that society and the times we live in require changes. And the easiest and best time to make those sorts of changes to something like the royal family or the monarchy is at times of change. So in particular, when the monarch changes, it's an opportunity for them to, let's say, stamp their own uh, their own way of doing things onto the institution itself. So I imagine Prince Charles will make some changes. In fact, it's always been rumoured that he wants to slim down the working royals at the core of the family. And I think what's been going on in recent years has also necessitated that. We, we have the issue 
of Prince Harry having stepped out of the working royal family. We have also Prince Andrew and the controversies surrounding the allegations made against him. Uh, so I think it will be convenient as well if he's able to formalize the slimming down of the royal family so that it doesn't just look like it happened as a result of circumstances mm -hmm. and it can look more like it's out of design that he wishes to see things done in a more modern way with fewer of them so much in the public eye doing the official work and perhaps that will be a little less controversial as well. But of course, we can't forget that Prince Charles himself uh, is, is not finding things easy at the moment, I dare say, because of the uh, talk about there having been some irregularities in one of his charities. Uh, and that's something which is being investigated still, um, that there may have been, or there are allegations at least, that somebody had made large donations to one of his charities in return for honor, which may in turn have helped them to apply for British citizenship. Now, obviously, there, there, it is the case that Prince Charles may not have known about that. It may be something that was carried out by his staff. Only the investigation will tell exactly what happened there. Um, but these sorts of controversies are important for us to remember when we think about the changes that different monarchs will make. They have to try to seem transparent. They have to try to seem cleaner than clean, whiter than white. And so sometimes some of the changes will also be uh, made, I think, and designed around those aims as well. Yeah. I obviously got a lot of people talking when the Queen announced that Camilla will be Queen Consort. What type of queen consort do you think that she is going to be? And, you know, it's still on the fence of whether or not the public um, fully accept her as queen consort. And so what do you think it will take to sway public opinion? Camilla entered the royal family in quite a difficult circumstances, um, you know, following the death of, of Princess Diana and before that, the divorce of Diana and, and Prince Charles. Um, she was bound not to be a very popular figure, especially as Prince Charles had known her during his marriage, uh, to, to put it uh, mildly. And I think it's therefore been impressive the way in which she has managed to uh, endear herself to not just the family. I mean, we've seen that the Queen now feels that she should be given that title, a Queen Consort, when it is Charles's turn to be King, um, but also to the wider family. Even William and Harry have spoken fondly about her um, in the past and to the wider nation. Her approval rating has obviously gone up since those early days and since uh, her marriage to Prince Charles. Back then, she was not as popular. She's done that, I think, through a lot of hard work um, and also not really saying anything controversial or being involved in many controversies since uh, the time she entered the family. And she entered the royal family at a relatively senior age. So it was quite a shift and change for her, no doubt, to have to do that kind of work and think about the sorts of things you have to when you're in that role. I think she'll carry on in the same way. And I think that's why people will accept her uh, and even will uh, increasingly love her or, or appreciate her in her role um, when she is the, the queen consort. So I think that Really, she's been doing things right, and she'll probably continue doing them that way uh, when her role changes to being the consort. All right. Well, in our Royal History Moment of the Week, it's hard to believe that it's been 41 years since Prince Charles and Princess Diana's engagement interview. Take a look. I'm, I'm amazed that she's been brave enough to take me on. <laughs> and I suppose in love. Of course. <laughs> Whatever in love means. <laughs> Well, it obviously means two very happy people. Yes, well, from us, congratulations. Thank you very much. 
Of course, this was the interview that got people talking when, you know, what we just saw when it asked, uh, what is, what is love? Uh, such a awkward, uncomfortable <laughs> moment that will go down in history books. Is, yes, absolutely. But what a historic, iconic moment. I mean, those photos that ring that whole interview was just, it's just such a moment in history. Um, mm -hmm. I can't believe it's been 41 years though. I mean, it makes sense, but at the same time, it just seems like it can't be, it can't have been that long ago. I know, right? It's, it's crazy. 41 years. And, you know, we're still talking about it so much to this day. It's, you know, obviously it's been depicted in movies on the crown and everything like that. And, you know, Diana's legacy is still just as prevalent as it was 41 years ago. Absolutely. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's check in on our royal kids. And I love this. Duchess Kate visited Denmark where she admitted that she is feeling broody for baby number four. She said, William always worries about me meeting under one year olds. I come home saying, let's have another one. I feel like she's been dropping these hints uh, lately. I know she has said this a couple of times. I'm sure William is at home sweating, you know, <laughs> he's... <laughs> I think so too, but who knows? I don't know. Maybe baby number four. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe. I mean, she's, she is 40. She's really ramping up her project. So it seems really unlikely, but I have also fallen victim to seeing cute. I have a 11 month old and I still see the little babies. And I think maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, but no, maybe. I, I think it's, um, she had such a great visit to Denmark, really, um, we got so many wonderful moments with her, uh, out chopping wood with children and holding hands and skipping through the forest. I mean, it was just such a fun, fun couple of days for her. It definitely was. Definitely was. All right. Well, another fabulous week of Royal news, Christine, thank you so much for running it all down with me. Yeah, thank you so much. I always enjoy it. Definitely. All right. Keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.